Geek Shock. Saskatchewan. Not Saskatchewan. I'm a big city. You should realize this by now. <laughs> yeah, but your country. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. Big Toronto. City without the tree. Yeah. <laughs> Stick and hoop. What? <laughs> With the, the, the territory like none of it. And none of it? None of it? None of it. I don't want none of it. Exactly. Give it to the. That's why we Inuit. gave it to them. That's why we gave it to them. <laughs> what was that thing called, Andy? A whammy doodle. And that was a. What? Uh, I said, it's a toy. You said a whim. A Whimmy doodle. Whimmy doodle. You don't even know what it's no, called? No. You forgot. I had to look it up. Well, I'm looking it up again. Yeah. <laughs> a Whimmy diddle. A Whimmy diddle. Diddle. And what kind of wooden diddle. toy is it? Can I, am I plugged in? I can't hear me. That's your fault. I hear yeah. you. I know. My, my, my headphones must I, not you be sound, You sound great. There I am. Whoa. I sound great. You sound <laughs> oh, okay. I don't, know about I don't know about that. Great? Wow. That's a. That's a yeah, great. G R A T E. Yeah, sure. Don't yeah. don't go turning yourself on. Mm, you yeah. sound acceptable. You're right across from Matt. <laughs> Doing my man spread. Welcome, uh, folks, to Geek Shock number four sixty five. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. This fuck here. Oh wow. Back check, Andy. No, no more of that. <laughs> no more of that. What the hell was that? <laughs> In the hill. Maple no. Leaf Matt. <laughs> Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> Did you get that at one of your gigs or something? I got that at uh, Area 52. And we're here to oh. s- talk. What the fuck was that? <laughs> here. You can, you can you, confiscate it for the show. You, you got this at Area 52? What is an Area, Area 52? It's a weird little storm boulder said that it sells like alien That thing still shit. exists? It's still there. I'm impressed. Yeah. The gimmick, man. Boulder City is a small village that lives on the outskirts of Lake Mead in Nevada. So you have to go through it to go to the Hoover Dam. Former Gummit Look what he's got now. Oh, Look Jesus, what he's got, he's got now. friggin'. Oh, wow. Yeah, now's the time for your, your picture there, Kirsten. Yeah, that's a great uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's, it's, is is that X-13 just... back to, to visit? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I got to let my phone charge a bit, then we'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I so, can't yeah. wear these little so, my eyes. Just to bring everybody in, Andy <laughs> put on alien sunglasses-ish. Yeah. You spend uh, five but, bucks, they give you a pair of sunglasses. So this little <laughs> village uh, town does Mayberry. not have gambling. It's Mayberry, basically. Yeah, when, it, well, when the town was built, they were very, you know, there was a, and it was a, Well, it was a it, government town. It was first. a government town. Government. Is what they were using to build the uh, dam with, and so... There There's was gunfights uh, every every Sunday. No, no, no. There were oh, no, no. There was no, <laughs> no gambling, no drinking, and no blacks. No and blacks. The, and they've just started letting people drink there. <laughs> okay, yeah. So still no blacks. Yeah, actually, wow. Okay. That's true. Wow. That's true. Did you say no blacks? No blacks. That's they, part of the reason. He's he's literally quoting one of the signs they had back in the uh, in the. In the 30s. So they have these little antique shops and a little wine bar with a bill bed and breakfast <laughs> above it. Torco's like, I got to get this back to the quaint little village. It's beautiful now. <laughs> a little brewery and an old theater. Chapter house for the KKK. I don't know. And it has a shop that's all alien stuff based around the Area 51 motif. Right. And that's where you picked up this thing, which apparently has four settings. Four different settings. 
I only did one on you. What but are the four settings? I you have to. No, I don't. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, listen. Well, they says it just says one through four. It doesn't say what they are. Okay, we'll do one. All right, well, let's. Now, science. It, it, it's it's just stuff. It's just noise. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're there, just. No, this, you're just this, bothered. <laughs> okay, now go number two. Number. I I, I just did. Thank All you right, very much. On the, on the toy. The, this whole section toy. is number two. <laughs> Number three. It sounds like number one. Okay. Number four. I think it sounds like number two. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Here's here's number three. Here's number three. That one actually says something. Yeah. Here, okay. Four, and then we're done with this. Four. <laughs> static. It's static. <laughs> How much did you spend for that? Five dollars. Um, <laughs> how much did you spend on that? Uh, six bucks. Wow. Yeah. Now Mon- money well spent. I have so, I have a pigeon sitting across from me. Pigeon. A a pigeon. Yeah, pigeon. They got free sunglasses out of the deal. Okay. Oh burn. That that cashier saw you went. Ooh, look at that right there. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> sir. So six dollars. Boulder City's restrictions is isn't that. Part of where Las Vegas's heritage in Sin City comes yes. from, it's because that's where the not really. I mean, there was there was Block 16 when the town was founded in 1904, where the drinking whoring went on. Um, <laughs> Which town? Here in Las Vegas. Okay, I gotta be get make sure we get the towns yeah. right. Yeah, um, when they it's like Red Dead Redemption. The, t- the town. <laughs> like... All right, the town was built because there was water here. It was which town? Las Vegas was built because right. there was water here. Okay, when. Uh, 1905. All right, and then in the 20s there was a, and then the, the railroad was it was built by the railroad, so they made a big switchyard here, and they could fill right. up. Right, I remember the, the railroad water. cottages. Right, and Cause then because the natural springs, they could refill the the boilers. And then in the 20s there was a big railroad strike, and the railroad said, "Screw you, Las Vegas, we're pulling the switchyards out of Las Vegas," and now you have a town in the middle of the desert with nothing to draw people here, and so the rest of the history of the town is trying to. Uh, as Len Adams Doris, writer from Vegas, used to say, we don't have any natural resources in Las Vegas, so we mine the tourists. So we've created a whole bunch of various sideshows to bring that tourists. We, we mine you. Various industries built yeah. around. Right. So they didn't do anything to cater to the Boulder City no, builders? In, in, fact, um, in fact, when they brought the federal money in one of the things they had to do was close down the brothels in las vegas to, to get the federal money here is that why we don't have it in clark county that's a good chunk of the reason okay. we in clark county so so don't come to vegas looking for horan but yeah a lot of the workers though did come up to vegas to gamble and to drink. gamble and drink but the whoring was well, yes. actually well, actually there were there were two of course, out of three ain't bad that's what i i didn't mean sin city as in all about the sex oh, okay I mean, yeah i mean part of the industry came from the hoover the hoover guys coming over to blow off steam and yeah, that and, is a and, some and, element of it but weekend. a lot of it is just that there is really nothing here that's an industry so they well, have to well obviously you have to do that to bring them here Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I went to Boulder City. I like Boulder yeah. City. It's a lot of fun antiquing there. I also went, I don't know if you guys know about this. Uh, I would, we just stumbled across it in Boulder City. Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. Yes. Yep. Wow. Tom Devlin. About it. Yeah. Tom Devlin is one of the effects creators of Asylum Pictures. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with Asylum, that's the uh, film company that shits out 72 horror movies a year, and most of them are pretty bad. Mm hmm. 
Uh, but like, like poultry guys. But someone's got some. No, that one's Troma. That, that okay. was Troma. That's Troma. Okay, they had nope. poultry guys. <laughs> they had like, poultry that's, guys that's, there. That's uh-huh. quite above. Well, they have a lot of stuff there. Devlin mm. is a big fan of horror history, and he was a part of what's that uh, special effects show that's on Sci-Fi? Face Off. Face Off. Yeah, he was part of Face Off. He works for Asylum, and he's taken that know-how and created the Monster Museum. In Boulder City. Yeah. I've only taken virtual tours through it. But he gets a lot of uh, horror celebrities there now. Uh, yeah, the December 2nd. Uh, I believe that's the kid from Child's Play and the girl from Child's Play 2, I think, are going to be there for that uh, one. Let's see. Tony Todd was just Alex, there Alex, Vincent, signing. Christine, Elsie, and Chucky. Yes, those, that's them. They're, they're using what you can take a picture with one of the film-used Chuckies. Mm-hmm. Wow. So... Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a, if horror fans in Vegas, go check out the Devlin Horror, horror Museum, Monster Museum. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, it's 13 bucks to get in. It was, it was, yeah. it was reasonable for what it was. It's, so it's got that. Yep. And I don't know if this, I just learned this not that long ago. You know those Zoltar machines? They're made about 100 feet away from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, all those machines that you see with the, the Zoltar uh, that that reads the palm or what. Yeah, it, yeah. it makes kicks, you kicks big. Out, and kicks out that card, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's and, all and made turns in Boulder. And turns you into an adult. Yes, those, yeah. those are all made in Boulder City. Right. Yeah, you did the joke first. We I know. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for explaining it, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Simon. Big. Um, not, not to do an Andy and derail. Too late. Too late. Okay, good. But speaking of horror history, mm-hmm. wasn't there something about Del Toro's house in L.A.? Because of the fires, uh, I don't think any, I know it was threatened, but I don't think anything happened to it. Okay, that's my last understanding. I could be wrong. I'm the reason I believe that is because that would have been all over the geek news of the week. Mm. Because that is a repository of yeah great has, horror history. He has one of the largest private collections of horror and uh, and movie props. Now we did talk about last week how the the ranch Paramount Ranch was burnt down. Yeah. Uh, that's where they film Westworld and many, many other westerns going back decades. Right. Uh, they have announced they are going to rebuild that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, that's good. And this time, they're going to rake. <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, kids, <laughs> kids, make sure you rake. <laughs> kids, rake your balls. That way, you don't get cancer. You know it. I, I I know it's not geeky, but I have to comment that when, when Trump visited and he was with Jerry Brown and Gavin Newsom, that was some of the most uncomfortable shit I've ever seen with, with Trump. Everything with him is uncomfortable shit. Well, I know, but Trump's talking away and Brown and Newsom are flanking him and they're, <laughs> they're both visibly just like, yeah, I really wish we'd like, oh. Better his ca- speech? Carry. Oh. Cameras go away. No, they weren't oh. talking. They were squirming. It was. It was just. It was something else. He's the constant drunk uncle at Thanksgiving that won't go away. Yeah. Holy crap. And then when he does go away, he tweets about it. Mm. <laughs> what geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? Geeky Absolutely things? nothing. No. Nothing. Oh, no. he'll remember. I took care of it all for you. I did all the geeky stuff. Yeah, we we had a comic book convention this weekend yes. in Vegas. Oh yeah. That no one knew about. I actually forgot to mention it on Monday. That's well, my that fault. That Jeff knew about. Right. Yeah, I 
I was totally surprised, and Did then I'm like, going? "Ooh!" I know you in the message there. You said maybe. I ended up not being able to go, dude. I, my errand running took too long. I totally fucking spaced. <laughs> Sunday was Sunday. I like got up and I took care of stuff around the house, and I was doing this and that. And about four thirty, I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> so I I spaced it. I just totally spaced it. Uh, a friend of mine, Mark, uh, went. It's the only person I know that went. Said it wasn't that big. Oh, and the like you were afraid of. Yeah, that uh, the there wasn't there were vendors, but not a whole lot. And so, mm. so I, I took the forty dollars that I would have spent just going in and paying for parking. Uh oh, and deciding to jump in officially into Malifaux. Oh, dude. You went to War Room Games, didn't I you? I went to War Room oh, Games. Oh, no. dude. Is that, War- this code, is that what this white dwarf is doing here? No. Well, that was from earlier this week. I went oh. to War Room Games twice this week. I'm going <laughs> to have to call the name. owner and tell him to... He's exp- double dwarfing. To, to cut you off. Cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. Ray is going to be the person to cut me off. <laughs> the, the, the guy that spends the cash. Um, <laughs> they had a Malifaux tournament. Saturday night, so I like. Well, you know what? I'm not. I'll skip the con. I'll go to the Malifaux tournament. Actually, see this game in action. What do you? What did you know about the game before you went? Before I, well, I have the instruction book, but that's it. And I know they have really cool minis. Malifaux is a skirmish game, which means it's a hell of a lot cheaper than your war games like Warhammer, War Machine, such. So you only have like five, probably max ten models in a game. Usually around five, and they're incredible models. Oh my god! Yeah. The the whole backstory is kind of extended. In fact, I have to give kudos to how much story writing goes into Malifaux. But it's this whole alternate history of 1787. Magic was starting to dissipate from Earth, and the magicians couldn't even do any small little spells, and that's how magic went away. Uh, except that they found a breach and were able to go through it. And on the other side of this breach was this city called Malifaux that was devoid of all life. They went for two weeks, they explored it and found no corpses, nothing. And But what they did find is magic is based in these things called cell stones. Imagine that. Imagine what you're trying to get in Malifaux. And... So, yay, magic, we can go through this breach in the city and we can get magic again. Well, it turns out Malifaux is the home of the Neverborn, which all the legends of history are based on these creatures, all your fairies and your vampires and all that such. Oh, they didn't take too kindly to us no, humans going no, in there. No, they did not. Okay, yeah. So Malifaux is a Victorian steampunk horror skirmish game with old western influence why aren't we playing it right now that's a good question we should start right now you know right now games workshop had a game kind of like that where throw out throw out everything you just said oh and it's warmer 40k but you control like it one character like an 18 inch marine and then you have a um, pardon 18 um, inch marine <laughs> that's that's my dream oh sorry uh, not 18 inch, sorry <laughs> <laughs> like like I don't know what is that like, ten inch. That's I don't know, Jeff. What is that? <laughs> he's, got, he's got his thumb <laughs> and index finger stretched out and says, "Is that ten inches?" As far yes. as your wife's yes. concerned, yes. <laughs> ah, is that what she told you? Wow. You sure it isn't centimeters you're Anyways, talking about? Low hanging fruit. Canadian story. inches. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyways, you you control. What are you writing down? The name of the show? Canadian Ten ten millimeters, maybe, <laughs> oh, okay. or centimeters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but do you, in your travels, Wargram gaming or talking to any? Have you have they talked about that game? They they don't make them anymore. But you control like there's like a spaceman. There's like an Inquisitor. There's a. Yeah, they basically reformed that into Kill Team, modern. Yeah, I missed that other one. I want that one. Back. Yeah, they, they. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, it was a Inquis- Warhammer skirmish game, and now there is a new Warhammer skirmish game called Kill Team. So yeah, you can Malifaux it up with Warhammer. Uh, but the aesthetic of Malifaux is just so amazing. The the minis, there's nothing like them. And I will also say, modeling wise, they're at an advanced level. Because Warhammer modeling is not that hard. It's usually fitting a few pieces together, and you fit those couple pieces together, and boom, you have a model. Go paint it. You got one over there? Uh, Malifaux Mini? Yeah. I tell you what. I have one over here. Oh, oh let's, let's, let's get, get that one for the out. viewers. Right. Oh, hold uh, so, on. Yeah. so at least we can, we can uh, describe it. It's an unboxing uh, description. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> humanity. But <clears throat> the pieces of the Malifaux. Yeah. Minis are so oh. intricate. That looks and like a model so kit for small. That looks like an old model kit. Like you're trying to build the engine of a, of a, of a model T Ford and an old uh, like testers this, kit. This grouping is called Guilty as Charged, and it is a dude who was hanged and come back to life. So he's got the noose around his neck and he floats, mm-hmm. uh, and he has other dudes with him. One, get, one dude in the electric chair, and in the model set, the box. Uh, there is you like little thin strips of lightning that you put off the guy. That's super intricate in it. So one of the Scolari brothers, perhaps. <laughs> so if you're into the modeling aspect of wargaming, yeah, Malifaux is up to another level. Crikey. So, yeah, so I bought this as the first box. What's funny is I actually returned this because it's missing some spruce on there. So I, they're gonna, they, they're ordering me some more a replacement. I got to take this one back tomorrow. So you're going to go back. So I, Of course I'm going to go back. This Third is, trip. Yep, that's how it works. Uh, but I also found out this week, because Malifaux is currently in its second edition, that Malifaux is going to have a third edition in 2019. Second edition has been out for a little while. So that's going to be a probably a good time to go on board if you're not already. Obviously, I already am. But, uh, but yeah, there was about 12, 14 people at this Malifaux tournament. So that was a pretty decent turnout for yeah. just a small skirmish game. Well, like, especially here in the Valley, too. Like. Yeah. There's one dude that... Drove out from Lake Havasu, went two hours to drive here for this thing. Wow. So he's like, no one plays Malifaux in Havasu. I'm like, let me surprised. Yeah. So I, as I'm re- trying to rebox this nice enough. Do you want me to play with my little store. squeaky box here to cover up the noise? No. <laughs> you leave that squeaky box alone. So, yeah, the one really cool thing with the Malifaux books, as far as the instruction manuals, mm-hmm. half of it is... Game instruction, half of it is fluff. But that fluff is all short stories throughout the book. Wow. So even if you're not into the game, it's worthwhile for the really cool short stories that take place in this universe. And as editions go on, the story advances. So as so characters, things happen that 
they'll lose certain characters and gain certain ones. There'll be a whole story as to what happened up till then. So that's something you don't see as often. They kind of did that with Age of Sigmar to explain this change from Warhammer Fantasy to this new Age of Sigmar variant. But that's about it. Uh, you following this? I am. All right. <laughs> I just listening. How about you out there, Warhammer, Warhammer, Warhammer? In the meantime, Malifo, Malifo, Malifo. In the meantime, uh, I'm about to finish my uh, Mythic Blight Hauler, <laughs> <laughs> which is a basically a small tank in my Warhammer army. And are you okay? <laughs> Something You're blowing around near me. Dying man. over there. Like, yeah, I sneezed twice, and like Andy's all twice. He's yeah. allergic to Warhammer. Oh my goodness. And it turns out in the air. that means I have two more pieces to paint, and my army will be complete. I know Matt. it's all on me. I oh, get it. it's it will be ready to go. But they are pain-intensive pieces. I'll have a large tank to paint, and of course, Typhus, my I still warlord, have half an army to paint. So yeah. Oh my God! I'm never yeah. going to see this war. And yours are all like zombies, right? I oh. will. I will not hold it against you to have an unpainted army. Oh, we will. Yeah, yeah. Andy and I oh, will be merciless. Oh, I'll take lots of pictures and and say, "See what a fool!" But I will not be, be. cruel. Yep. <laughs> Mine are essentially mindless cyborgs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Skatari. So silver, and you're done. Oh, that's the thing. I'm, I got to think <laughs> no, of that's what... the Necrons. That's my yeah. other army I'm working on. Yeah. So that's what I did, geeky, this week. Cool. Yeah, the the green paint on that just really pops too. Mm. Mm. And uh, for you board game people out there, Father Nurgle will be proud. Yes, he would. Yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud of Father Nurgle. That goes two ways. Yeah. For the board game people out there, you might already know about this YouTube channel. If you don't, check it out. It's called Shut Up and Sit Down. A bunch of. Uh, British expats in Toronto doing fantastic board game reviews. Hmm. Each board game review lasts anywhere from 10 minutes to a half hour, but their use of editing, their use of humor, and just how good they cover the game, its pluses and minuses, makes for an entertaining and informative board game show. How would you compare it to uh, Tabletop? Tabletop, it's not like Tabletop because Tabletop... Uh, they do a little introduction on what the game is about, and then they take you through a full playthrough. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't do a full playthrough. They do some of those for the channel, but that's not what they mostly do. They do reviews of the game. Mm. They'll, they'll tell you how it works, how it plays, and with passion, but you won't see a full game through. That, okay. that you'll need tabletop, game the game, other channels of that ilk. Board Game Geek, I think, has their own show as well. There's a local guy, actually, I know him, does does reviews. Uh, I'll links. Uh, he does it in, like, pir in pirate guys. He dresses up like a pirate and explains the game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why? You got, you, got, you got to have a thing. Yeah. You got to have yeah. a thing. Most, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the games he does are pirate, pirate This would be the game of life. But you see here, laddie. I don't know. I, I've tried <laughs> to watch a lot <laughs> of game close. reviews, yeah. and I find most of them insufferable. A lot uh, of YouTube's insufferable, like when they the sure. reviews and critics and all that. Like, uh, for, but the most known one, the but the one that a lot of people go to, Dice Tower, uh, I find it ridiculously dry. Some of them, yeah, it's funny Cause, they because they do reviews too. There, there are people with good knowledge of games. Yes, they know they, what they're talking about. They can't present 
No. For shit. And mm. it, it gets really tough. There are a couple of role-playing, uh, tabletop role-playing review games where guys are really, really knowledgeable about, like, say, D&D. And they can talk for hours, for days. But, man, their episodes, they're sp- for for lack of a better word, they're so uncharismatic. You're just like, well, yeah, they're often like monotone, and yeah. they, they, there's like and no then inflection. You the, then you got the other guys they, 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 like excited YouTube. And, all right, guys, uh, Matt here again, and this is my review on the thing. And uh, don't forget to smash that like button that, and hit that oh, follow button, yeah, yeah. and then go over there and talk to this don't guy. Don't forget to subscribe and, then, and hit yeah, the alarm oh, bell. Matt, you're natural. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, hell, people Fuck from Australia you. were recognizing him in the in, the, right. in the street. Oh. So, yeah, um, yeah the uh, movie Bob d- does a, a real quick uh, encapsulation of the YouTube douchebag uh, host. Yeah. Who, yeah, God, and I'm sure there are other good ones out there. If, there are, and if you know of them, please let me know about them because I. You've probably like I've heard to shut up and sit down ages ago. Well, I just found it. As you, you know more, uh, please let me know. You'd have found it sooner if you weren't doing all those plush yeah. videos and the, the claw videos, the claw and, and, and claw and carnival and music videos, and carnival Listen, music, and, and I have many lives, and that is one of them. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, when the Meeple villain participated in a. Um, uh, no, you're a, right. A Disney Disneyland. Trivia contest. He's right. Disney, uh, a Walt do- Disney trivia contest. They had a trivia contest at Meeple Land Just board game. Yes. stuff for everybody. Meepleville. Meeple Phil. He's right. Phil. Meepleville. Meeple Phil. Yes, Meeple Phil. <laughs> yeah, Feige. How'd you do? <laughs> uh, we we tied for first. Who who was we? Uh, me and Celestia and John Bean Hastings. Oh, of, oh Jesus Christ. Of course you and we, tied for We first. would have won, except Jamie called in sick and Terry was working. Jamie. Between the two of them, they had the questions we missed by far. We would have pounded the thing to the ground. You're right. John Bean Hastings and Jamie is like the group. Yeah. Awesome twosome. Yep. Yeah, if those two were together, they wouldn't even have needed the rest of you, right? No, we, oh. oh, no. Celestia and I were pretty oh. much useless. I, I got... <laughs> One or two questions Don didn't know. Wow, I just like, meant yeah. that as a Mickey. joke, but oh, no, he's no. like, no, you're absolutely right. No. I'm like, Jesus. No, it was John whispering the answers at us, me writing them down, and Celestia editing it, making sure my writing was clear enough. <laughs> why, why didn't you just give Celestia the pen? So you mumble, you I had to do something. No. <laughs> you, mum, you, you, mumble when you, you mumble when you write, Well, too. you know. I think the only one I can clearly say that I got... Mickey. Was... Um, <laughs> In uh, Emperor's New Groove, what is the dinner Kronk is making? What is the special dinner Kronk is making? What what is the you know what I wrote there? I don't care. That's what yeah. I would have. No, you would have lost. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, have got, you, exactly. you, yeah, you exactly. would have gotten the cash prize. I don't, I don't get got. this whole Disney thing. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. What what was it? Wait, there was a cash prize. Oh yeah, squeak squeaker squeak. Oh, suddenly squeaking. Todd's like, wait, <laughs> real competition. Yeah. I needed to be there to no, start no, no, stabbing no. people in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, there's no betrayal. So what's the betrayal element? You need to find that first, and then Todd's there. The betrayal element would be in the parking lot afterwards where he takes your share of the winning. Oh. Yeah. I love that there's a board game called Betrayal Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, that's my middle name. And it's just a picture so there of the uh, box. It was advertising having a $200 prize for first place. Ah, so but so many people showed up. Oh. There was 93 people there with 30-some-odd teams. What? So they upped it to $300 for first place. What? We tied for first place, and so we uh, split the first and second place prize with the other team. 
that's how much did that end up being? About eighty bucks a piece for the for the three. So of why us. wasn't dinner on you tonight? Uh, it was it's in me. So, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. so much because that money. money was spent before you even got it from the trivia contest. I oh. spent some of the money to play uh, uh, to to go to a uh, Bigfoot themed escape room. Ah, oh, well, and trimming, and well trimming that beard was not cheap. I'm guessing yeah. too. And uh, and then we also went to uh, the void. So yeah, that money spent. That's, yeah, that's exactly how you should spend <laughs> that kind of winning. Now. How big is Meepleville? Meepleville is... It's a room. It's several rooms. Okay. That sounds like a lot of people. It was a lot of people. It was tight. That... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All those gaming people together in a room. That's that's risky. Kids think Meepleville is tight. The girl from Action Comics is there like... Yeah. (laughs) 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 On the outskirts of the room, just... Nerd funk. There was, there was actually no nerd funk there. They were all That's relatively clean bunch. If that, there's a Disney nerds a little cleaner. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Well, that's top, Walt top for sh- you. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> he he had one good effect and and that was it. But yeah, John was getting stuff like where was Walt Disney born? Okay. Which apparently is relatively obscure. Because where he was born and where he grew up are two different places. Ah. Um, Grover's was, Corners? No, I don't remember. No. The Mar- Marlinville, Marleyville, something like that. Maryville. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was some obscure stuff. And then and there was stuff. The stuff we missed was like movies we hadn't seen. There were questions about the princess and the frog. And we're like, I don't know. Damn new yeah. movies. Yeah, damn new movies. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what else you do? I love this. Yeah. I love that you did that. I love that you won. Yeah. On the tail of giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you do? On the week? tail well, of giants. All giants have tails. We know this. <laughs> this is true. I think that's a good episode tonight. <laughs> so I want to hear on more about this. On the tail of giants. I want to hear more about this Bigfoot escape room. It's right, uh, you know what? It's, yes. right, it's right up the street. It's right over here. Um, I know, from, but how is it just Bigfoot theme? Like there's stuff you, Bigfoot in the corner and you escape from this room? Uh, no, like, there's a uh, <laughs> campsite. Like what the fuck? How does it make Bigfoot theme? Like I don't, you, I don't. You see claw marks in the walls, and <laughs> it's it's like a cabin. You're you're in a cabin. Okay. Together. There's been a sighting of Bigfoot, and uh, you. I can't I can't give it away because, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will never go. Okay, so you can give yes, it away. Yes, but other people. Oh, you're yes. not the only. Not the entirety of the world. Yeah, here. Other people to, are listening to this show. You don't have to give. You away. You don't even listen to this show, <laughs> so it doesn't matter for you. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> You don't have to give away the puzzles of the room, but uh, how it was themed out. Yeah, I mean, it starts off in kind of a cabin kind of space, and you're trying to figure out how to get out of the cabin into the next rooms, and uh, eventually you get to a spot where there is a caged Bigfoot you're trying to release. No. You know what? They should throw in a twist. All of a sudden, over the ma- ma- like speakers, Sunday, 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 a blue Bigfoot, a big, ah, huge fucking would 24 yeah. I would actually appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. A grave digger Bigfoot. <laughs> this was a really hard one. We, we, really, we, we, we really, have two we, escape rooms, Bigfoot and Grave Digger. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it took us like a half an hour to get out of the first room. And then we still oh. had like... Do they have three, someone in there? Three more rooms to get through. They and have you someone had in there. An hour. One hour, okay. Yeah. Do they have an actor in there? If you, if you, no. if your old group's stupid, they're like, okay, guys, it's over here. You right. can ask. We, we never ask for hints because okay. that's yeah. you know cheap and sleazy. So we asked for two uh, because that's how hard <laughs> that's how hard this was. <laughs> Wait, what? 
uh, the, the, we went with people like, no, we don't need hens. We're smart. We're, we're, we've passed these all the We've blown his way in half an hour. No problem. I think we glossed over the part where Andy basically just called himself cheap and sleazy. <laughs> I didn't pass. It, it's I'm on my I'm resume. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Chapter two in things we already knew. <laughs> in 150 characters yeah. or less, Andy. Yeah. Exactly. Like so was there a big now? giant stuffed Bigfoot in the cage? I can't tell you. Okay. Um, or was it just spoilers. one big foot? Or is mm. it a Bigfoot stuffed in a cage? Mm. Or is it a Bigfoot footed in a cage? Yeah. Maybe it's a stuffed Bigfoot stuffed in but a it's cage. But uh, it's a number one escape room in Vegas. It's, it's basically They all Cole. say that. Number one escape room. No, that's room. the name of it. Number it's one escape room. <laughs> 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 okay. You Andy got me. Got you got me. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I got to give him that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the Liberace Plaza. It is in Liberace Plaza. <laughs> it's exactly. very close to the Pinball, Pinball Hall of Fame. Of fame. Yep. Okay. <laughs> if anybody's interested. Which is where we went after beating the thing by 25 seconds. 20. We were 25 seconds from losing. Impressive, sir. Good thing you had uh, Jamie with you. Yeah, we had... Um, that was a good crew. We had we had Don and Terry. We had me, uh, Jamie, Celestia, and uh, Doug Citizen. So uh, yeah, we had a, was full six people in some small rooms. Have six people in. How many rooms do they offer? Uh, they've got four or five in there. They have one called claustrophobia. It's for only for two people. Oh, and it's um good for date night. You got to lay down in it. It's pretty small. It's it's oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Andy, you want to do this with me? Sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have you, that have you ever done Matt. this? Have you ever done an escape room, Matt? No. They, uh, oh, they are Matt astoundingly fun. Yeah. We oh, should uh, we should all go do an yeah, escape room sometimes. Yes, but not, not, on not on a Monday. Not on a Monday. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Research for a podcast is a little different. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. All right. Yeah. And there's one like right up the corner here. So yeah. There you yeah. go. It's close by. Right. It's closer. This fuck here says let's do it. It's closer than any place we've eaten. Yeah. There you well, go. There's there's one at the boulevard that not only has like a forced perspective like art museum, they also have like five escape rooms. Nice. That's at the boulevard mall. Tell me about this forced perspective art room. So they have um, basically uh, it's painted onto the walls and they have like some sculptures. Like, for example, uh, one of them, you stand on this spot and it makes you look like you're in, a, you know, like a big chasm. But you know, it's essentially you're only like a couple feet from the wall. Um, there's I one like where it. it looks like you're sitting in the palm of. Uh, so you you take King the pictures Kong. from a specific angle yeah. and okay. And then they have one that's it's essentially it's an upside down room so that you you stand in certain areas it makes it look like you're either standing on the ceiling or you're standing on the wall. Where's this at? Uh, it's at the Boulevard Mall. Boulevard Mall. Uh-huh. How much um, that cost? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't recall. I can tell you in like a second here, but uh, no, that's fine. Just wondered if you knew it offhand. Uh, I, yeah, I assume it's really close to the aquarium that's in there. It's actually Sequest on aquarium. the. It's it's near Sequest the back side entrance of the the mall. So like where the voting area and stuff is in Always the Boulevard the Mall. Always the backside. Yeah, typically is it's where it is. So it's um, um, God, I can't. Why can't I think of the name of it? I just had that on the tip of my tongue too. I'm I'm curious about this place. I have to check yeah. it out. So, uh, okay, it's not near as fun. K and I both did the uh, the void separately. Um, yeah, I, separately. 
Yeah. Like you didn't want to be around each other and just waited. He turns. went to a preview night of uh, the. Um, there we go. You got it. He went to the you preview. You put the glasses on. I did. And they looked. They were yeah. so up askew. Yeah. <laughs> so Kay went to the preview night. I'm going to give him a vamp here while he gets his headphones on. Um, went to the preview night of the Wreck It Ralph uh, uh, show at the Void. The Re- I guess what you call it a show or what would you call it? Ralph Rex VR is the name. Right, of right. It. But what would you call the various different scenarios you can go through? I don't know. What would you call them? Adventures? Yeah. Uh, how does it? How does it differ than the Star Wars one? It's got Wreck-It uh, it's Ralph. got Wreck It Ralph. Okay, <laughs> but otherwise it's a VR experience in the same vein. Well, yeah. Okay. Now you don't have you don't have the the guns that shoot lasers. You have guns that shoot pancakes and milkshakes. Yeah, very important. Yes, and uh, um, John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman voice the characters. Oh wow! Um, and it's uh, it's like a. Like a computer experience, you're you're in the internet, so it's all the fancy Wreck-It Ralph. This is what the internet is like. Type of design. Oh. Is, there is a lot of vertigo induce, inducing uh, spaces. There's that, there's a lot of stuff where you're standing at the edge of things. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent a fair amount of time where I should have been looking at something or shooting at something, kind of leaning over the edge and looking down. The, yeah, that's I mean, the it, joy it, of VR. Yeah, yeah, it it's cool because I did. I haven't done Star Wars. But I did do the uh, Nicodemus. That's the horror one. That was a horror one, the steampunky horror one, and that one, it was there was a lot of darkness, oh. looking over things into darkness, and so you didn't right. get a lot of chasm stuff. But Wreck It Ralph was brilliantly lit, and you had you know uh, street views and everything going going deep for a uh, you know a good deal of distance. It was. It was incredibly. Uh, it was. It was really good. It was really good. It's still in. It's still a work in progress. They okay, have, so it's not available to the it's public. It's not yet. available to the public. I, I think yet. it although, opens on to, uh, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Although That's we, when Wreck It Ralph basically opens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. right. Uh, we went on. Um, we went on a Friday. Uh, with John and Terry, and you went I, through Star Wars first, right? We took Duncan too. We got Duncan out of the house. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and it went through Star Wars, and we're getting we're we're taking off our vests, and they go, "Oh, if you like that, do you want to try the Wreck-It Ralph?" Too, I'm like, "Yeah, yes, we do." Two for so one. So they put us in the Wreck-It Ralph, and we did that. Yeah, nice. yeah. They were doing walkthroughs for tests with guests and stuff. It's kind. Yeah. It's fun. You lift up your arms, and you're you're kind of cartoony. Your partner is totally cartoony and fun. Are they still doing Star Wars and Ghostbusters? I did. I did Star Wars. I tried to Star get Wars. tickets last night to go. I had date night and. As I'm online, the only thing that's coming up is Wreck-It Ralph, but the only day I could buy tickets for for anything was Wreck-It Ralph on like Thursday of this week. Huh. And nothing else was coming up in the listings. And no we, just, we just walked in okay. on a yeah, Friday. So. I went in. All right. Uh, when I went in on Wednesday night, the, okay. the, it, it was free I mean, and clear. Could be something with their... Their web page. I don't. They know. might have been prepping or something too. Could have been. Yeah. Or they just walk right in, baby. Yeah. yeah. There was a funny moment when in our game because you know you got the helmets on, you can't see the real world at all, and Terry leans in because the because uh, Vanellope is uh, giving us uh, a lecture to explain what we're going to do, and she's looking right at us, and you know uh, Terry leans in and waves to Vanellope, and brushes her fingers across the wall. She realizes how close she is to the wall. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting thing when you go through those experiences because 
you're just not aware of how much of the room is actually crafted to what you're seeing in the visor. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's all mapped all, on there. And then, like, because I did, like, we were going through a doorway, and I misjudged the width of the doorway, and I bumped my shoulder on the on the actual frame, and the frame was right there in the VR, but I'm thinking, oh, it's just a virtual ah. door frame. Nope, I ran into That'll the door, teach you. door yeah. frame. It's like that's the... What's it's like the, the um, the levers and stuff in the Star Wars one. Yeah, right. right there. That's what the, separates the void from your your typical VR experience right. is that you have the tactile things to interact with. Right, just enough so you don't know what's real and what's not real. Which and you're fun. actually physically moving through the space as opposed to... You operate a cannon during Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah? It's kind of reminiscent of Space Invaders. Mm. And you've got your button array in front of you. So... Uh, and that's the, real, yeah. It, yeah, the buttons that you touch are real, and but they're they're painted over, so to speak. <coughs> mm-hmm. Also, I, I I suspected this when we did Nicodemus, but I got it confirmed on this one. <clears throat> You're escorted through. Uh, somebody follows you through, but because they're not done up, you don't see them. Right, right. Because at one point, uh, me and the person that was going through we were getting our guns, our pancake and milkshake guns, and then suddenly one of the other ones just starts floating in the air and starts shooting, and it was the... Uh, it was your escort. <clears throat> yeah, mm. he, he had picked up the gun, and he was just... And it was just funny, because <laughs> the VR registered the gun and showed it, but it didn't show a person. Wow. So <laughs> Thanks for breaking the wall. Right. <laughs> Go do your job. Right. <laughs> um. I couldn't spell it because I'm old and my nose doesn't work as well, but Duncan said that uh, there's a room where it's a bake shop or something like that that you're in in, in that uh, Wreck-It Ralph, and there's scents pumped in. You could smell, smell cinnamon. Well, there was, I remember when I did the Star Wars one, there's, there's temperature variations temperature to match variations, there, sure, and yeah. then there was some scents, too, because I swear I smelled... Um, Darth Vader's sweat. No, I was gonna say something oh. like Pantapudu. something ah. that had burnt been burned. When, when oh, that's Darth Vader's sweat. Are you sure that I wasn't me passing gas? <laughs> you weren't there with me when oh, I went okay. there. Are you sure it wasn't me passing? <laughs> <laughs> so the point is like thirty-seven bucks, I think. I yeah, with the local it. discount, it's like thirty-five and, cha- and then there tax. you go. So See? Totally. two bucks. It's so totally worth it. And it's it. like a full half hour from the time yeah. you yeah. you go through till you're coming out, and it just seems like it's minutes. not that much lo- that long. Is you get through it and you're like, oh god, that is only like ten minutes, and you're like, oh wow, that was a you know good 25, 30 minutes. Hopefully, they'll eventually go the route of all attractions here in Vegas, and in a year or two, or three or four. It'll be one price for all day. Mm. That would be cool. I would love to be able to pay one price and do all of the different adventures. Yeah, that and would over be and awesome. over. And just spend an afternoon. So you, running you guys out. all saw the Star Wars one. I have not. I've done, done the oh, you Star. Didn't, you didn't do the Star Wars, right? So. I've only done Star Wars and Nicodemus. Okay. I was not able to do the Ghostbusters one yet. Okay. Um, in the Star Wars one, when the guy's giving you, when you go into the room and the, before you get the stuff on, and the guy's mm-hmm. giving your 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 uh, briefing, mm-hmm. I don't know why they did this. They had these. The, the way it's filmed, they have cuts in it like crazy, so so it looks like it's like they're being hit with static. So you know, right. you could easily do it in little bits, but they didn't. They had him reading his lines very painfully, obviously sight reading as he's reading the script. We all notice it. And we're not actors. Like he's reading. He's clearly reading these lines as he's saying them. It's because they pro- probably brought him in to do that for one day, so they had cue cards or something. 
Cold reads, baby. Yeah. Anything it, else it, before we continue on, gents? Uh, I'm going to take that as a no. Weekend yeah. Geek! I watched a John Wick. You watched a John Wick? I watched John Wick finally. Finally! Oh, he watched the John first Wick. one? Yeah. Yep. Nice. And now you got to watch Love Chapter it. 2. Yep, i got to find it. Chapter 2 is good, but not as good as 1. Yeah, I still have to watch I think it. they both stand pretty strong. You saw the first one? No. No, I'll win it, yeah. <laughs> You can talk about it in about two years. Andy. Right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, around, around the time we talk about Kroll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sony reportedly has bowed out of the E3 Expo all, after also dropping its annual PlayStation Experience event earlier this year. Sony will forego its E3 presentation next year in favor of, quote, exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community. Sony has never missed an E3 presentation in the Expo's 24-year run. Taking a cue from Sony's reasons for buying out of this year's PlayStation experience, Variety notes that Sean Layden, chairman of Sony Interactive, said that there wasn't enough games to put in front of fans this year. Quote, Now that we have Spider-Man out the door, we're looking down to 2019 games like Dreams and Days Gone. But we wouldn't have enough to bring people all together in some location in North America to have that event, Leighton said at the time. We don't want to set the expectations really high and not deliver on it, unquote. Sony isn't the first major <laughs> console maker to scale back its E3 presence. Nintendo set the example back in 2013 for going a stage presentation in favor of the then-new Nintendo Direct event which allowed the company to dish out new game info on its own terms without the instant feedback of a live convention audience. Another factor may be the console's shifting role in the gaming landscape and E3 itself, as the event taps ever deeper into the growing popularity of mobile gaming, esports, open-platform indie titles, and other game markets. Sony's absence from E3 2019 shouldn't be a sign that there's anything amiss with the maker of the world's best-selling game console. The PlayStation 4 is closing in on PlayStation 2's all-time sales uh, sales records. Record. That's why I said. Even as Sony prepares behind the scenes to launch its confirmed next-generation successor. So, Exacer? Exacerbation. Oh. It's, it's like masturbation, but digital. <laughs> the... There's a difference? <laughs> Not anymore. E3... It has slowly become less interesting over time, and it's a lot yeah. uh, because of these big events, the big presentations, kind of dampened down a bit. Nintendo kind of out. Uh, Xbox has its own separate thing. Right. And now Sony's just not doing it at all. So now the big events at E3 are Bethesda, right. uh, EA, uh, Square Enix, and then half the time you don't know, like they say, coming in 2019, and then that gets pushed back to 2020. So sure, and I'm all about pushing games back. Sure, uh, fix, make sure they work, then you can release them. Damn it, nobody's listening in the industry. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody. nobody gives a shit. No. Nope. They Although I did find out, I don't know how I missed this up till now, but Borderlands 2 is getting a VR version in a month. Oh my. Oh. Borderlands is one of my favorite shooter series in the world, and so having it in VR, oh, oh, oh I'm so excited. I just had to, you had can to get that You the dust out. off your VR helm over there. Yeah. 
That'd be yeah. great. Actually, it's time to because I've actually purchased a few VR games for when I put the helmet back on, so it's coming soon. Well, we got it. We still have to do our uh, Andy playthroughs. Yeah, we got to put them in that Batman VR game. Yeah, that's that's a definite. The Rick and Morty one's kind of interesting too, but it's a. Uh, there's a lot of puzzles you have to solve, so Ooh. if you don't solve it right away, it uh, it can get. Uh... VR games are entertaining, but also entertaining is watching people play VR games. Yes, because I was over painting when Jeff was playing the Rick and Morty VR, and I would just have to stop and just turn and and watch him move over this way and mm. put his hands over there and another distraction to, for the bingo right. card of faint your minis. Then I'd have to pull down my pants and expose my butt, get his hand right next to it and take pictures <laughs> as he's trying to grab at it. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. All right. <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's standing there. I did not realize this game included haptic feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Aptic feedback. Aspect feedback. Aspect feedback. My first clue should have been when the plumbus was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Strangely tactile. <laughs> I just love the word plumbus. <laughs> Squanching is so real. Squanch. Uh, CBS has announced the 2018 Gamers Choice Awards will broadcast on their network. The awards show will be chosen by you fans who vote for their favorites across 49 categories. For video games ranging from five to ten nominations in each. They range from fan favorite action game to fan favorite retro character, all the way to fan favorite voice actor, and three categories for fan favorite celebrity gamer, including actor, athlete, and musician. Okay. The first Dang. list of nominees are online and are broken down into three broader areas, gaming, esports, and pop culture. Big-name console titles like God of War and Spider-Man are featured prominently, as are some of the year's most popular mobile sports and MMO games. Red Dead Redemption 2 is not nominated. It's unclear <sighs> why it was omitted, but it could have been a deadline issue, even though it's eligible for this game year's the Game Awards. The award show will be hosted by talk show mainstay Carrie Keegan and Marcus DJ Wheat Graham, uh, who's also the director of Twitch Studios. Uh, to vote, you can create an account at 2018's Gamer Choice Awards website. No guarantee they won't spam you. Uh, the show airs its one-hour telecast on Sunday, December 9th on CBS. One hour telecast, and we've got a hundred categories. That's what blows my mind. Forty nine categories, one hour. I'm gonna guess it's just the, you know, the cream of the crop. You know how they have the, you watch the Emmy Awards, but it's all the little awards that happen off screen. Yeah, all the technicals happen like the day before. Exactly. That's what mm -hmm. technical achievement in so, you know special so effects makeup. Blah there, blah blah. There must be an award somewhere for uh, voice actors, right? Um, I, I don't know about in the Emmys, but yeah, there are actors, uh, there are awards for voice acting. Yes, what are they called? I wonder. The voices. The yeah, voices. the voices. I like that. The voices. Huh. The blanks. All right, you're on it, aren't you? <laughs> I, wonder, I was gonna say. I wonder what Google would have to say about that. The, I hope it's the voices. Please say it's the voices. It's got to be the voices. It should be the like voices. They're in my the head. The blanks or something are the voices uh, carry. Uh, hush hush. <laughs> You see, Ben, there's a song. Yes. <laughs> it's playing in my head right now. 
Well, let's see. Oh, there are the Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Voiceover Performance. Yeah, but probably there, not games. There are. That's two days before. I'm trying to find out. Right? There's. Um, <laughs> Nolan North has won every award in yeah. right. whatever category we're talking about. There's the Annie Award for voice acting in a feature production. Nope. There we go. No, those are the Annie Awards, the Animation Awards. So that is the voice actor award. I have heard of those. Sure. But you're looking for. Well, a, we're looking for game specific. Gotcha. So it's got to be these, these small voice. Video game award things. I guess it's just some money. D- yeah. Ooh. Diego Luna from Narcos is returning to the galaxy far, far away, reprising his role as rebel operative Cassian Andor from Rogue One in an upcoming live action Star Wars series. Um, spoiler. Isn't he dead? He Andor is perished dead. on Scarif with Jin Erso, Felicity Jones, at the end of Rogue One. The series will be a spy thriller focusing on the characters' previous missions for the Rebellion during the movement's early years. Ah. The show will enter production sometime in 2019 and is set to drop on Disney's own streaming service, which is now officially titled Disney Plus. That's the name of Disney's Yeah, yeah. Well, service. it makes oh, sense. because plus, plus it. it. Yeah. Sorry? Plus it. It's a Disney that thing. Was a, that was a Walt Disney thing. Every time oh, he, okay. Okay. he had somebody design something and he wanted them to go bigger, he'd say, plus it. And that, mm. was his, that was his shorthand for the Imagineers. Oh. And they have. And they made it digital streaming. Plus it. Plus it. Well, then. Uh... Well, there is a category in the Game Awards for voice oh. acting. I oh. just uh, came across that. There we oh. go. So, best voice acting. Won by Nolan North. The Nolan North Probably. Award? Yeah, yeah. this is the Nolan, yeah. Award, Nolan North Award for voice acting. Yeah. Is there anything animated-wise that he hasn't been in? No. Because, I mean, that man, I he, he's on, like, I was watching Adult Swim one night, and there were, like, three different he was TV in, shows in a row. He was in Heavy he Metal. Was in. Yeah. He was in uh, The Hobbit. He was in the original Snow White. Right. Uh, he was the original voice for Oswald Rabbit. Okay. Nolan North has done it all. And all that was bullshit. Because, yeah, it was like... What? <laughs> they had... What? Uh, yeah, I know. It was, it was like Robot Chicken. <laughs> uh, he was listening to you intently like, oh, yeah, the original Snow White? Really? How old is this guy? <laughs> He's a spry 100-year-old. <laughs> he is spry. I will give him spry. Because, yeah, like I was watching Robot Chicken. He was in an episode of that. And then he was in the episode of Rick and Morty that came on right after that. And then um, I yeah. forget which uh, oh, it's Family Guy was right after that, and he was in that episode of Family Guy, and I'm just sitting there going, "Wow!" Nolan North everything is, is the voice actor's voice actor. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his real credits now, and holy crap! Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, dude is plays the Red Baron for God's sakes with Snoopy. No, oh, oh no, wait, no, like, no, that's not Red Baron. It's that's <laughs> the pizza. It's he's playing Edward Richthofen, but that's actually one of the two Germans in Call of Duty. Ah. You hear a lot of German voiceover, and you're it, you think they're the same person, but they're two different people. So they're they're saying they're giving clues that are opposed to each other, and you have to figure out which one's a real one. Yeah, clues. Nolan North is great at clues. In fact, he was in Clue. That shows how good he is. He actually that. played Tim Curry. That was <laughs> he's Tim, amazing. That was a Tim Curry suit. Yeah, you thought it was Curry. He was amazing. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> Ah, speaking of uh, uh, Tim Curry, the rabbit. 
Yes, Andy, go ahead. An early cartoon from Walt Disney predating Mickey Mouse and Oswald thought lost. Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, lost for uh, thought lost for decades. That was has, an answer. Has been rediscovered. The cartoon is called Neck and Neck. Was created in 1928 and features the character Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. It's one of 27 short animated films starring the character whom Walt Disney and animator Ub Iwerks. That's correct. Created for the fledgling Walt Disney Studio in the 1920s. Oswald. Fledgling. I love it. Right. That was That's probably while they were still back yeah. in Kansas City, right? No. In the 1920s? Oswald was the first character to star in his own series of films for Disney with the cartoons oh, distributed through Universal to great success. However, producer Charles Mintz claimed the rights to Oswald in a dispute with Disney taking the character in-house at Universal. Right after Yeah, right after the meeting with Mintz in which he lost control with Oswald, Disney decided to come up with a new character he would own himself, Mickey Mouse. While a number of the Oswald films survived, seven of them were thought to be permanently lost, including Neck and Neck. But an 84-year-old anime historian named Yasushi Wanatabi in Osaka, Japan, recently discovered that he had a 16-millimeter copy of the film in his personal collection after buying it 70, nearly 70 years ago from a toy wholesaler. Uh, Watanabe's copy is just two minutes long, while the original film was five minutes. For years, he didn't realize what he had, but told a local newspaper, quote, As I've been a Disney fan for many years, I'm happy that I was able to play a role in finding even an abridged version of the cartoon. A book was published last year by author and Disney animator David Bossert called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, The Search for the Lost Disney Cartoons, which detailed the history of the Oswald shorts and the ongoing hunt for the missing, uh, missing entries in the series. Another of the missing Oswald cartoons was discovered in the British Film Institute's archives in 2015. After a deal in 2006, Disney once again owns Oswald and the rights to all of his films, including the remaining ones that are yet to be found. Oswald also made a cameo in the 2013 Disney short, Get a Horse! As for Neck and Neck, it's currently at the Kobe Planet Film Archive in Japan, one of the country's largest film collections, and David Bossert hopes to bring it to Los Angeles and screen it for animation scholars. I love when forgotten, missing things get found. Oh, yeah. yeah. It takes me back to like when they found the, um, that uh, extra footage from... Um, from Doctor Who? No. Why are you pointing at from, Why are you all pointing at me like from that? King Kong? It happened in Hollywood? Metropolis oh, is what oh, I was God. going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's like pointing at me, and I'm like, "What?" That's right. <laughs> I was I was trying to help you remember. But, no, but I'm just you like, can do Fritz, it. it was the do finger it. of remembrance. The, yeah, the Fritz, the Fritz Lang original was like diced up and you know jumbled around several different ways in the different exhibitions that it was, and there was it was thought that the entirety of the original cut that he did was lost, and then. I want to say it was like 10 or 15 years ago, they found extra footage that nobody had seen in, you know, almost 100 years. It's pretty fascinating. I love stories like that. Um, One day they're going to find all the Doctor Whos in London after midnight. Right? It's going to be great. Lego Batman movie director Chris McKay has been tapped to helm a live-action Johnny Quest movie. 
McKay replaces Robert Rodriguez, who had visions of the script done by Terry Rossio, who did Pirates of the Caribbean, and Dan Mazow, who did Wrath of the Titans. Created by Doug Whitley for Hanna-Barbera in the mid-1960s, Johnny Quest was an animated series about a young boy who goes on globetrotting adventures with his father, his best friend, his dog, and a secret agent. Considered you had K until Mazow. Oh, the, the wrath of the Titans was the loss. <laughs> I, I'm not. I didn't say anything. I, I did. I did kind of see kind of a slump when that what, was mentioned. What? Like a deer <laughs> taking a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Considered a pop culture staple of the uh, spy-fi decade, the show recently got an Easter egg in the '60s-inspired world of Brad Bird's Incredibles 2. McKay has also been confirmed to direct a Nightwing film for Warner. So, yeah, Johnny Quest. Never got into Johnny Quest. Oh, dude, why? What's just, wrong with you? It's just as a kid, it never spoke to me. I don't know why. I mean, I remember yeah, the I saw enough to remember the characters. I loved when they brought the, the, the characters into Venture Brothers. Yeah. That that's, cracked me yeah, that, up. That kind of kept its longevity, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's man. the reason why some people even know Johnny there, Quest exists. There's some... <sighs> Johnny God. Quest was amazing. Johnny Quest got me, yeah, but done with my probably my first actual hero. Oh right, the wow. first the first the first thing I really identified with Race as far Bannon. as superheroes go. No, Johnny, I was a Race kid. Race Bannon, <laughs> that's yeah. Steve Bannon's cousin. I, I that scene in Venture Brothers is fucking awesome. <laughs> Just when Race gets killed, and and the kids are like playing on his body while the his the parachute is parachute. getting caught by the wind, and they're just riding him around. And I gotta watch Venture <clears throat> Brothers. Brock, you really do. Brock shows up and braces. He's like, "Oh, Brock," you know, and he tells him the little plot point. I'll warn you: like the first two episodes of Venture Brothers are a little rough, okay. but then it really takes off yeah. from there. Uh, and then, and they're short episodes. That's so what it was with Aqua Teen, yeah. too. Yeah. So, and then the the, the 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 crowning moment for me was race dies and you hear this and all the kids around him are like ooh and they're waving and Brock goes yeah they uh, kind of leave that part out in all the movies <laughs> and it was just like and it was like I like this cartoon and it was just so damn funny. Put that aside. Johnny Quest is fucking cool. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, the The opening animation sequence mm. is awesome. Um, Alex Toth. Yeah, yeah. Very. Uh, the Walking Eye. Yep. How can you not like the Walking Eye? It's you a, had me at Walking it's Eye. A, What's the Walking it's Eye? Like, it's like a daddy long leg spider robot. Yeah. It's just like a, a big eye. It's a big black ball with an eye on it, and then like the legs are just these legs tiny little legs. I want it, my Warhammer army. Yeah, yeah well, so, so see now what you're thing? missing, Mister Mister. Yep. And then there's like a, they're on some island at some point. You, the yeah, listen, got, you take those broken wings. That's right. <laughs> and shit yourself. <laughs> there's a, a island. There's some villain who's got the the henchman's got these huge muscular henchmen. Is holding Ooh. two Komodo dragons at bay. Yeah, and they're like, he's like taking like, for a walk, and they're dragging him basically. Yeah, and they're to, to hunt them on the island. We're gonna find Johnny Quest. Oh wow! And then we're gonna, you know, whatever. They couldn't say in the '60s, but you knew. 
Mm. <laughs> 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 I like that visual though. <laughs> I do. Get I just, Johnny Quest. Yeah. Fuck him. We can't say that. Oh, they're still drawing us. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Janet just said it right now. <laughs> okay, sad stuff. We lost some people. Mm. Uh, or? Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of a big one, William Goldman. Inconceivable. The famed novelist and screenwriter known for such works as Marathon Man and The Princess Bride died at the age of 87. Goldman was a two-time Oscar winner for his work on Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and All the President's Men. Gold- two amazing films if you people haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. Goldman turned Ira Levin's The Stepford Wives and Stephen King's Misery into screenplays, which then became classic films in their own right. In 1973, the author published The Princess Bride, a fantasy novel telling the tale of epic romances between Princess Buttercup and farmhand Wesley. Goldman adapted the book for director Rob Reiner's film adaptation in 1987. Uh, Goldman's other credits include Magic, based on his own novel. That's the Uh-oh. ventriloquist dummy. That, oh, um, yeah, that is yeah. creepy-tastic. Yeah, with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. A Memoirs of an Invisible Man, uh, Last Action Hero, Hearts in Atlantis, and Dreamcatcher. The last two were his second and third times adapting books by Stephen King into screenplays. Uh, we also lost Douglas Rain. He was 90 years old. In genre circles, Rain was known as voicing supercomputer HAL 9000 in the 1968 sci-fi classic 2001, as well as the 1984 sequel 2010, The Year We Make Contact. What was the, what is his other stuff? Can you say he- well in 1973, Woody Allen convinced Rain to take on a similar role as the evil computer in his sci-fi comedy Sleeper. Okay, but that's really all he's known for. Well, um, isn't he wasn't he a documentary narrator? I thought that was what maybe Kubrick got uh, was inter- got Kubrick's attention. Could be. Hmm. Could I, I, be? I, I don't have a deep dive here. I'm really? Thinking. Yeah. Eh. Fine. He, I know he did a lot of theater. Oh, okay, good. Once upon a time. Theater, yay. We also lost John Rogers, the longest-serving president of San Diego Comic-Con, a.k.a. Comic-Con International. Uh, he had been in the position since 1986. Rogers became a part of San Diego Comic-Con in 1978, eight years after the convention was first held in 1970. Since 78, he dedicated 35 years of his life to the annual event, which has become the premier convention for film, TV, comics, toys, video games, and more. Crazy. Yeah. So we honor these three. Yeah. yeah. And Bill Maher was a dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I like the guy, but Jesus Christ. That was, he, that was weird. Why he take has the a lot of like weird, firm stances on things that are not rational. Yeah. Like it's like an irrational opinion either based on a lack of facts or an incomplete knowledge of whatever it is that he's he's opining on, I guess the best way to put it, but Yeah, but he's always looked down on comic books. Yeah, since I, he's I've yeah, and known his stuff anyway. Uh, the Neil Gaiman uh, response though oh, yes. was <laughs> was the best though. That was great. God damn, that cracked me up when I read that. Good burn. Netflix will be adding five new original anime creations for its viewers. Two of these shows are set in worlds that have already existed on screen. Pacific Rim and Altered Carbon. 
Ah, yeah. The two sci-fi series will have anime adaptation with Pacific Rims focused on two young siblings forced to pilot an old Jaeger through a barren, dangerous, possibly kaiju-infested land in search of their parents. On their way to the Atlantic Rim. Yes. We never talk about the Atlantic Rim. The Atlantic Rim. Jesus, that's where the shit goes down. Everyone's always focused on the Pacific Rim, but who knows what the fuck's happening in the Atlantic Rim. Right. Show run by Thor Ragnarok co-writer Craig Kyle and prolific prolific animated Marvel writer Greg Johnson. The show will occur in the same universe as the two films. Uh, Altered Carbons series is also set in the same world as its live-action companion, but with a super vague pitch promising only to explore new elements of the story mythology. That's all you get. Cowboy Bebop's Daisato is set to write alongside Sukasa Kondo. The show will be joined by two literary adaptations and one original. Uh, Kagaster of an Insect Cage? <laughs> is there a question mark on the title? There, There is. When I say it, but that is the title. A, a Kochichigira-directed post-apocalyptic based on a manga, follows a couple attempting to survive a diseased world transforming people into killer bugs. Okay, I'm on board. Killer bugs. And trees, as T-R-E-S-E, maybe it's Trise, I don't know, Trise, Trise, blends Philippine folklore with a criminal underworld and its supernatural adaptation by Bujet Tan and Kajo Baldissimo. Uh, Finally, the sole original show. Coming from the announcement, Yasuke is based on the historical black samurai, but only loosely because this feudal, feudal Japan has mechs and magic. Uh, sorry to bother you as a breakout. Lekheth Stanfield voices the lead, while Boon, the boondocks LaShawn Thomas serves as creator and director. So black is in... African, African or black is in black armor? Uh, African. African, okay. There was a... There was a black African who actually be, became a samurai in Japan. And uh, I forget, I forget, because it, it's not like he was just some, you know, a black guy who became a samurai. He actually, ah, hell, I read his story once years ago. He did something, what? though. He, he's uh, uh, noted historically. <laughs> no, I, I just I you you looked angry, so I was like I was just gonna show. No, I was just uh, doing the Johnny Dangerously with thing with your once. Oh, yeah. oh, once. Yeah, I did read it once, but yeah, um, just like uh, you know, there was the the white samurai dude, um, Anjin. There, you know, in Shogun, that was based on a real guy <clears throat> who actually was called Anjin. So. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Not Afro Samurai. Director Andy Muschietti, name that gets brought up quite a bit since he did It. Which? What did he do? Is going to direct a reimagined version (laughs) of the H.G. Wells classic The Time Machine. Muschietti's already written a treatment for the film with producing partner and sister Barbara Muschietti. I'm losing Jeff. Jeff just shook shook his head and, and... I just wonder how many times they're going to remake that goddamn film. The, the Time Machine? Yeah. yeah. Well, infinite number. Yeah. 
fit you. you. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming he's referencing the fact that time travel may be just traveling to an alternate dimension rather oh. than actually traveling within one's own t- physical yeah. timeline. Yeah, don't assume. I don't know. Makes an ass <laughs> out of you in time. <laughs> the project was said to be in the very early stages of development back in August prior to the develop- director's involvement. Barbara Muschietti is producing alongside Appian Way's Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Davison. The story follows an inventor in Victorian-era England who invents a way to travel through time, which takes him to the distant future to see humanity evolved into warring factions. He then goes back even further into the future. I don't think, that, I, don't think I wrote that right. I, yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Eventually watching the Earth being swallowed up by the sun before returning to his present-day era. Though the property has been retold in several media, this will mark the third feature film adaptation of Wells' tale. There was the 1960 adaptation from writer-director George Powell, who previously helmed another Wells adaptation, 53's War of the Worlds. The film took home an Oscar for special effects that year. Then came the 2002 version starring Guy Pearce, which was directed by Wells' great-grandson, Simon Wells. Warner Brothers will be, quote, steering the picture creatively, unquote. Though it's unclear exactly what that means. Uh, It was announced that the director, uh, Muschietti, is also working on Attack on Titan. But yeah, that last sentence is kind of weird. Warner Brothers will be steering the picture creatively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I'll For bet. their franchise, H.G. Mm. Uh, Wells franchise oh, film uh, crossover universe. The Wellsverse? The Wellsverse. I awesome. would. That's not a bad idea. That would work. They kind of did that. The crossover. <sighs> Heavy sigh. No, I'm, I've lost the thread. I mean, um, <laughs> Mysterious Island is, is a Nemo story, but that was in the books. Um, and that's Robert Louis Stevenson. You're right. What the hell am I thinking of? Yeah, that's, that's, you're that's, thinking of 20,000 That's what we were wondering. And, and that's the Steven Island. verse. That's a whole separate verse. Yeah. What? Is there, doesn't Nemo appear in another? You mean uh, Vern. Doesn't Nemo? That's a Verniverse. Come on, guys. Vern. Mysterious Island and 20,000 Leagues. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But isn't there a, isn't there H.E. Well stuff that crosses, where his books cross over or no? Am I making that up? I think you're I think confusing that, that with Alan Moore. That sounds Alan and, Moore-ish. And, and, well, yeah, yeah and plenty of other people, because, I mean, that <laughs> those two were the the two of the time. And the, you know, the shape of things that come. I'm full of I'm full of meat and food and stuff. <laughs> what? My brain may be full. Oh, You're full of meat. Don't say that again. Jeff. <laughs> I didn't do it. Leave Andy alone. <laughs> Can't concentrate. He's full of meat. There's so much pizza and cheese. That was two and a half hours ago. <laughs> uh, we don't have a... Your problem was you had to go forward and have that root beer float. Yeah, it was probably a mistake. Yeah. Mm. It was good root beer float. I had to get the taste of that beer float on my mouth. I've been there all week. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a heavy float. Yeah. <laughs> we all float down Bloop. there. <laughs> Kind of sinks to the bottom and just waits for you to <laughs> flush. 
Where are you going with that? <laughs> As Disney prepares to open its most ambitious theme park expansion yet with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, more details about what may be the biggest attraction in the park itself are coming to light. The Millennium Falcon ride at Galaxy's Edge is taking ride simulation to another level. Uh-oh. Castle Run? Replacing the static movie that guests sit through on previous motion sim attractions like Star Tours with real-time, interactive, co-op video game experience that will pay off with forking path outcomes depending on your input. Forking A! Yeah. It means that you can flunk the smuggling mission as one of six crew members with specific role to play, gunner, pilot, engineer, etc., your trip to aid a space pirate named Hondo can go south. Hondo? Mm-hmm. Meaning that you'll have... <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm glad they really... As, as creative as everything else I've seen coming out of this has been so far. What? What about That's Hondo? lazy writing. <laughs> What's wrong with Hondo? Well, who are our biggest Star Wars um, characters? Who's the most popular? Well, that'd be Han and Lando. So what if we combine the two together and we'll make a new character and we'll call him Hondo? Next for opening Star Trek, you'll be playing Spurk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul, two Vicks will not be making an appearance. <laughs> Hondo could go south, meaning that you'll have to get in line again if you want the best ending. Oh. How you ultimately fare on your Falcon of adventure reportedly will go a long way toward establishing your immersive reputation everywhere you turn in Galaxy's Edge. Quote, costume characters are expected to interact with visitors and advance the continuing storyline through the day, reports the Orange County Register. That means a bounty hunter might tap you on the shoulder in the spaceport marketplace looking for Hondo's lost loot. Disney may not mind that people won't succeed on their first try. No, it's Venture Beat. Just as you don't tend to beat a video game on your first try, you probably won't get the best possible outcome the first time you ride the Millennium Falcon attraction. That could just encourage you even more to ride it again. And if you don't have enough time to ride it again that day, well, I'd encourage you to come back to the park just to have another swing at it, unquote. Yeah. Star Wars Galaxy's Marketing. Edge opens next summer at Disneyland with the Orlando version set to debut a few months after that in the fall. Neat. Yeah. That's yeah. just plain neat. Well, you have the other Star Wars Galaxies news in there, right? No. Uh, what you got? They dropped the John Williams. Ah, that bit, he did bit the of score? The John, yeah, the bit of the John Williams score that's going to be featured in the park that uh, I guess he read, wrote an original... What are you doing? Variation. Yes, sir. I like it. What, so. What's Andy doing? What's <laughs> you like that? I don't know what he's doing. It's fine. He, he's interrupting, is what he's. Yes, doing. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. I was quietly minding my own business over here. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going going back to the well for for an original score. That's pretty awesome. Friggin' beautiful is what it is. They, too bad John didn't write the character's name. Yeah. Well, yeah. John Doe. <laughs> yeah, John, John Doe. Doe. It's going to be John Doe. Jilliams. It's Jilliams who wrote the score. Jilliams. There's Greedo, but we're going to have Guido. He's from what? Jersey. Oh. Greedo. C3PD2. Oh, yes. That, that one weird Android thing. All right, we're moving on. Oh, okay, let's, good. Yeah, let's do uh, some red light, green light, gentlemen. All okay. right. Okay. 
<laughs> what? Oh. I, I, I love that. Yay. Okay. Boy, we got 80s Jeff PR firm. <laughs> A little uh, help from intern Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Full of meat. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What does right. your shirt say, Andy? Does uh, it literally all, say it's spills? It's all stretched out. Spills in space? Yes. What? <laughs> Sp- you have a spills in space shirt. That shirt's made for you. And so. and there's Mickey saying, that's going to leave a stain. <laughs> <laughs> a naked What's, Mickey is that. No, he's wearing a space suit. Damn it, you're supposed to play along, Jeff. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus, Now, were you waiting that long just to, so someone knows your shirt? Was it say something it light years from home without a towel? Yes. It is your goddamn shirt. <laughs> that, that is the most it's, apropos shirt I think I have oh, ever seen so you wear. That's what you were doing, Andy. You were straightening out your shirt so that somebody would read it. Actually, and it looked actually, like you were fiddling with it. crotch. <laughs> Uh, all right, red light, green light, I'm <laughs> casting everybody. Is thank you, thank you, John Bean Hastings, for the shirt, by the way. Yeah, John, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, these guys are now executives. Oh, my. We're going to decide on TV pitches from actual shows that are happening, at least somewhat. You're going to attack me in all my fucking things, my green light, red light, all that, this this week? How, it depends on how Only wrong you, you are. It depends on how stupid your opinions are. Oh, oh shit. shit. All right, listen, 80s, can our two ex- uh, studios merge oh. and take over his? Maybe. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, wow, that's that's going to be a... betrayal. <laughs> it's going to be a hostile takeover. Yeah, no. we're going to edge him out, I guess. Sort of a meh takeover. Whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, here it comes. Here's the first pitch that we got. Uh, looks like Hulu has ordered a pilot for Sweet Tooth. It's a drama based on the DC Vertigo comic book of the same name by Jeff Lemire. Having been described as a cross between Bambi and Cormac McCarthy's The Road. What? <laughs> Green light. <laughs> Sweet Tooth tells the coming-of-age story about Gus, a half-human, half-deer hybrid who leaves home to find the world ravaged by some sort of cataclysmic event. He joins a motley crew of other displaced human-animal hybrids who are searching to find answers behind the said event. The project was put together by Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey's Team Downey, uh, Jim Mickle, and Warner Brothers TV. Mickle wrote the pilot and slated to direct Gentleman Sweet Tooth, Red Light, Green Light, based this, on Vertigo Comics. Is this like a spinoff of Island of Dr. Moreau or something here? I mean, it's just weird sounding. It sounds vertigo. It sounds very vertigo. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I kind of remember the comic a little bit. I don't remember I it at all. Co- I can picture the cover. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a human guy with antlers. Yep. Yeah. See, I don't remember it at all, and uh, that's bothering me because it's a DC vertigo title. Oh, I, should, I been, should remember it. Do you remember Bite Club? No. Exa- written by Stephen King. Vertigo does all sorts of shit. Okay. You know, I was instantly ready to red light this until you said Robert Downey and, uh, was it Karen Downey? Yeah. Yeah. Susan Downey. Susan Downey, sorry. Jetro Downey. William Downey. Downey, Downey, Downey. Abby Downey. So, uh, is that enough to sway you over? Um, no, not really. Oh, okay. 
So you're almost there, but I'm, yeah, I'm feeling a red I was, light on I you. I was close. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think I'm in a red light this one. It just sounds a little too weird. Unless they were to do it like one of those, net, you know, like a comedy, like a BoJack Horseman or something. Oh, I see. It's live action, twist. isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be live action. Yeah. But yeah, that's well, probably not. I'm going to red light it too. Probably not what they're going to do, but I'm going to say red light. Why because is that, Matt? I've never read the comic, nor have I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, really. you hear that, Hollywood? If Matt hasn't read your comic, he's not no, doing no, your I'm, show. I'm not going to put my studio's money behind something I don't know about. So, red. I'll, you, I'll, okay, you were you were like right there, like green light. Bambi in the road. Yeah. I, you yeah. sold me. I'll buck their trend. I'll go for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, 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 it writes itself. So I got the two big, green lights, two red lights. Mm-hmm. Bigger hit than Bambi versus Godzilla. That was a short show. A good one, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to green light it. One, Vertigo. Two, I know it by reputation. I know that this comic was pretty successful and had a pretty solid following. So to me, that says solid writing. But it's it's an odd one. But you're right. Bambi and McCarthy's The Road. That's that's a beautiful pitch. There you go. So, you don't you don't need anything else. I, you don't I, need I, to I, hear I think the problem in that description is that it makes it seem more like furries than they actually are. Ah, uh, that's true. With the hybrid thing, so that's true. So you get that whole idea of people like, in fox outfits. If and, it wasn't animated, Bambi in McCarthy's Road, I'd love it even more. <laughs> So. I was gonna say if it was animated, I would have been a green light, but no. Yeah, the, red yeah light. We, we call that watership down. <laughs> wow. All right, so uh, green light barely. By by just a little hook. Three to two. All right, how about this next one? This next one, let's see how this grabs you. CBS is doing this next one. Has ordered a legal drama with a supernatural element called Body, spelled B-O-D-H-I. The series will follow a big shot lawyer who inherits his father's law firm. The twist, all of his father's clients are ghosts whom he is able to see and hear. In order for them to rest in peace, he has to team up with his private investigator brother in order to help close their cases. Greg Grunberg will play the brother as well as write and executive produce the series with producer John Shapiro, who has a lengthy history with legal procedurals. So, body, supernatural legal drama, red light, green light. Red how light. It, how does his law office stay open if his clients are ghosts? Uh, they show where the treasure's buried? I, I don't know. Red light. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love my legal dramas as much as the next person, but yeah, that's red light. Wow. All right, red light from Matt, red light from Jeff. In solidarity with Paul, who hates Grunberg, and uh, Batten Lash, who did this better when it was called Supernatural Law. Um, oh, that is a good comic. Yeah, uh, red but light because whole different they, they should be doing supernatural law instead of this. I see you're red light because you just want a different property. I, I want them to at least give money to Bat and Lash for ripping them off. <laughs> How about you, Kay? Green light, green light. Why? It's just to be contrarian. Ghosts. <laughs> yeah, if it's ghosts, ghost, you're good to go. He sees dead people. Sure, and, and then he solves their cases. That was the whole thing. Just ghosts. It's a ghost. What? That was the whole, just because ghosts, and you're like, ghost, green light, here's 80 million. Well, part of it. Um, eh, we will start low. Fuck you. 15 million. <clears throat> part of it's to fuck me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I got a red light at two. Uh, legal dramas don't do a whole lot for me. Uh, supernatural police procedurals annoy me, so the legal dramas do too. So, yeah. I mean, I like Grunberg. He's, I've enjoyed him most things I've seen him in. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't... The ghost case. No. You're right, I'd rather see supernatural law. All right, here we go. Red light, green light. A TV series is being developed based on author Bill Britton's young adult novel, The Wish Giver. Red light. <laughs> Your rights to the book. <laughs> I mean, me too. Were picked up by producers Brett Carducci and Stephen Ladden. Here's the official description of the novel. The Wish Giver is an engaging literary folk story about those who get what they wish for, whether they want it or not. The people of Wishmaster, the people Red of Light. Coventry, are no strangers to magic. In fact, the town's very name comes from a gnarled old tree where covens of witches used to gather. Even now, imps and fiends continue to appear, frightening the townsfolk with their devilish pranks. Usually, these creatures are easy to spot. They have a particular smell or sound, a way of moving that betrays their dark nature. But Thaddeus Blinn showed none of these signs when he came to Coventry. He was just a funny little man who drifted into town with a strange tale about being able to give people whatever they wished for only 50 cents. There was nothing scary about him. Not at least until the wishing began. Oh. The wish giver, red light, green light. You already got mine. Red light. You, you don't already like it done. because... Uh, it's already been done. Wishmaster. Red light. Okay. Young adult? So like what? It's, 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 it's based on a young adult novel. Hmm. Oh. Based on... Because I didn't hear like young Maze adults. Like Runner. Either. Like all those things. I don't know. I don't like young a, adult. Young adult is but, just uh, but I regular violent fantasy without the sex. Well, then I definitely don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of violence if you're not getting laid? Now, it does now. You know, you can do it without the violence. It doesn't say <laughs> it's being developed, so it's not attached to any channel. So we don't know what probably CW. channel is doing with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It probably is a it's CW. Probably CW. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or was it Freeform now? I think is the other one that does all like the, that, yeah. the YA stuff. Um, I'm going to say red light. Red light. Nothing's hooking me in this. Yeah, red light. There are some elements of that that I can enjoy, but none of that makes me want to, yeah, nope. Yeah, okay, green light. Oh, my God. Why green light? Just being contrarian? Um, Because, you know, everyone gets their wish. That's your reason. <laughs> I mean, everyone gets their wish. It, that's a nice reason. <laughs> the only time that ever worked out was on Fantasy Island. Make your wish. Well, yeah. Look, Not always. There's a long history of everybody ripping off Monkey's Paw. Sure. That's fine. So let's continue doing it. <laughs> sure. And before Wishmaster, there's Monkey's Paw. There is Needful Things by Stephen King. And a myriad yeah. of others. Of that's right. Myriad. I oh, and that great episode of Twilight Zone where the guy has exactly what you need. He's like oh, a, he's like a I peddler. Th I think it's called What You Need. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know you, you know what I'm talking about? Or I Know What You Need. That's what it's called. Yes, yes. yes. That's it. Yeah, there's that one. And uh, you could probably even count Faust in this um, if you want to oh. go way back. Weird-ass uh, side thing because that's what I do. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. 
Uh, it should be good. Some reason we were looking up four rooms the other the, day. The movie Four Rooms? Yes. Okay. All the stories in there are loosely based on Roald Dahl shorts. Really? Yes, really. That I did not know. I didn't either. Random trivia. <laughs> Including the one at the end with the bet about cutting off the finger if you can't light the thing fast enough, which is they're talking about in the in the four rooms they're talking about seeing it on some episode of Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or something. The Outer Limits one is based on the actual short, the Raw Doll. Oh, okay. Right, so, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm going to green light this. I love stories about wishes gone bad. Yeah. And 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 twist, twisted wishes. They, in fact, let's rename the show Twisted Wishes. That's that's a uh, the wish giver. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a Christian book. Let's do uh, a <laughs> let's call it Twisted Wishes and make it fun. Twisted Wishes is my Twisted Sister cover band, of course. <laughs> of course it is, as well it should be. Yeah. What you All right, so still it fails. Red lights. Uh, Kirsten, we couldn't pull it out. These, these these guys don't want wish shows. Well, of course you couldn't. Andy's full of meat. Oh, yeah, it is that. So much meat. <laughs> All right, red light, green light. James Wan's horror universes have led him to projects with bigger budgets. Now the creator of Saw, the Conjuring-verse mastermind, and Horror Kingpin is looking for genre's next great voice in a reality show. Oh, red light. You already know where I'm going with this. The director and his home base at New Line Cinema are teaming up to create Night Vision, a 13-episode competition between 13 horror filmmakers, directors, producers, or writers to create the best short horror film they can in order to secure a development deal. It's the DIY to studio roots is one well-worn in the industry, especially within the horror genre. Now that the process is being turned into a TV show, the opportunities will be assessed by audiences as much as the panel of judges. It's a horror version of Project Greenlight. Night Vision has yet to announce a premiere date. So, James Wan's reality show, making movie shorts, Night Vision. God damn it. I have to reverse myself. Greenlight. Greenlight? Yeah. What, what twisted you there? Uh, having to make movies quickly on the fly with nothing is my wheelhouse this is true i i want to see that all right all yeah. right uh yeah i'm i'm with andy on a green light because uh i also have had to make movies on the fly with no resources um but you, i you also team up and get i know show. right i i also really enjoyed the project green light series the various seasons of that that they made as well as um there was a show i think I think it was on Fox for a short time where they had a, uh, it might have been on sci-fi where they were doing a short film competition where you had um, a whole bunch of people that were making short films and then, you know, the host would give them a topic to do like a, you know, like a film with no sound and ah, okay. then they had to do projects like that, which is interesting enough, uh, something that they did in film school with us in some of my film classes was like, all right, here's your assignment, write a film and short film can't be more than like seven minutes long, et cetera. And here's your, you know, your guidelines. Yeah. And you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And so working within that, those restrictions came up with some pretty fascinating uh, projects. Just the process of the 40 hour, 48 hour films that I've been being involved in that, that is so action packed with, so much going on so quickly. I can totally see how they could make this work. 
if you don't pat it out and full full of crap like they do with most reality well, shows. Well, they, they're going to because it I is know. a reality show, and I was hesitant to greenlight it at first because of that aspect. But, but it's not like you have to force the tempers to run sure. high when you're on a short, when you're on a shoestring budget and and short yes. time. And the tempers run for short anyways. Yeah, and you'll actually probably see their finished projects like just like they did in Project Greenlight, where you know once they're done, they screen it as part of the show. So, and I'm always fascinated with all the little short films. Sometimes they're very creative, and sometimes they're just twisted enough to to make you interested in it. So, yeah. How Greenlight. far along does it say this is? I don't know, but in, far enough along that they're looking to announce a premiere date. Oh, so that, that's in working. That's too bad. So they've probably shot most of it already, and they're just trying to figure mm-hmm. out who's going to exhibit it. Could be. Yeah. Well, it's two solid green lights. How about on this side, gentlemen? Matt? Kirsten? He's waiting for me to go yeah, first. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's off Green light. Green light. Because, you know, I like the idea of the, the throw it together quickly fume, filmmaking, even though I, you know, I've never done it. Because none of my friends who do that sort of thing ask me to you know, oh, pitch in, so you should be an actor. Uh, shot it. Oh well, I've asked you several times. Oh, shot back to you. I have. This is reality right here, folks. This is our own geek shock reality. <laughs> See, see what I've been trying in this. this I think this he's. I think he's flashing back to the experience days where oh. there were there were a lot of little short film projects that certain well, people a, did. That a lot of it. A lot of it actually fucked me. I was fucked because <clears throat> I imprudently joined Screen Actors Guild as soon as I got the opportunity to do so. And that just killed any chance of me doing student stuff or anything like that. I thought they had waivers for that now. They didn't back then? They have waivers, but the people who are making the film have to go through a paperwork process to do it. And it's too difficult. everybody I've spoken to about that is intimidated and doesn't want to be bothered with it. Hey, aspiring actors, a little bit of advice. If you're in L.A. or New York, join up. Get in that union. If you're not, probably wait until you go to New York and L.A. Yeah. So what are the all the rest of the, the country, unless you're part of specific repertory groups, the theater union isn't going to help you much. What advantages is, is, is SAG giving you right now? Are you getting health insurance? Are you getting no. any benefits at all from Nothing. members? Nothing. I, I don't understand what you Paul. Um, yeah, the problem is simply the rule one, which is you will not work in a union, a non-union You're project. You're not working in a union project. Right, exactly. But the thing is, is that with union, with rule one, it's never. So even if you're not an active member of the union, and I'm not, I'm not an active member right now. Now, can't you leave and then if you no. want later no. on, go back? Once you're no. in, you're always in? Well, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's not if the you, goddamn mafia, man. If you do leave the union... Rule one is still that you do not ever work a non-union production. Or if you do, you just can't rejoin the union and work in union productions unless you get the waivers. Yeah, that's mm. it. And the th- it works in the theater union as well. You can get theater waivers, especially for what's considered 99-seat equi- theaters. Yeah, and equity like waivers, sure, yeah. But, yeah, I screwed myself because I met a few people at Star Trek that I could have done a few things with. And I, I just never was never able to do it. So Union. sad. You try to get it when you get there; it can screw you if you're not in the right city. Yeah, we have we have an old Star Trek uh, 
member kid. I mean, there are a couple people who have gone on to uh, things. We have Bonnie Gordon, who's doing tons of voiceover work now and has appeared in Shield of Tomorrow, which is the uh, Star Trek RPG web series. On Geek and Sundry. <clears throat> on Geek and Sundry. And library um, bards too, right? And she's a library bard. And uh, we also have uh, someone who was with us briefly in Starfleet, Ben Stauber. Ben actually, it's really funny because Ben's kind of like this soft-spoken, almost you describe him as a meek kid, but he's very nice and he's a really good kid. And he actually is a good enough actor that he's done things like... uh, uh, Evil Dead, the musical. He was ah, Ash in that uh, here in Vegas what for a while. What was that? And he has done a metric shit ton of non-union stuff. He also has accumulated his <clears throat> his uh, vouchers. Ah. And as a result, when he moved to Hollywood, North Hollywood, uh, le- uh, earlier this year, He's actually set to be join the union, and he's got already a resume that is just stupid, full of tons of things. I mean, he moved out to Hollywood, and before he even had a place to stay, he was starting to work gigs. Glorious. So he played it. He played it right. Yes, he, he did. did. He he really uh, has his head in the game, and he's uh, he's doing it very very right. So yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know how long the vouchers last. I don't know if they're there forever. But if you get your vouchers, you get your three vouchers, which is what you can do to join the union, hold on to them, but mm-hmm. don't use them until you get to New York or Yeah, LA. there's two ways to get it. Get in the vouchers or if you have a director that wants to cast you immediately yeah. and puts their reputation <clears throat> on the line for you to join the union. I just started accumulating vouchers and then I got taft Hartlead. When I was an extra and they gave me a line. So you touch one fake Daredevil's balls and you never get to work on anything fun again? There you go. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Eisenstein got me blackballed. They're black. That's that's another episode. You mean, (laughs) don't you mean his balls got you blackballed? Oh. Yeah, it just, yeah. A very light green. It's really funny, too, because I can't. I can't even like IMDB myself because that's Super Dave. I can't find it on IMDB. It's it's like it's gone fallow and maybe they – I can't even find the director – uh, anymore, it's it's really funny. Are you sure they know you're in the union? Are you just <laughs> fucking yourself? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I wrote those checks with dues for all those years, and they probably just went to some some you know Seymour A. Gutman, <laughs> and he was cashing them and on spending them on hookers and blow. And that's part of it too. I'm still part of the theater union, even though I have no intention of going back to the theater. Mm-hmm. Just because I worked so hard to get that that union, sure. that I want to keep it because getting it back is not easy. Yeah, it sounds like a really terrible deal all around. I'm sorry, guys. It, I, no, I I guess I don't understand it. It seems like I don't get it. If nope. you're if you're actively working, if you're working, if you're in Chicago, New York, uh, L.A., and you're equity, you can be working. I have actually plenty of friends and i've got the contacts 
uh, contacts through the you know NU alum theater alums, and there are tons of them who are making a living. They find you work versus you having to Vegas, seek out where there is no union work, so you're not making any money. Right, right. That's, well, our, the, that's the, our fault. The problem with yeah. Vegas is originally they were going to be doing a lot of production here. There was going to be two television and movie studios built here, which meant there was going to be a lot of local talent hired to fill in parts that they couldn't just truck people in from L.A. That was one of the things when I said, hey, maybe we might move to Vegas, Jeff, yeah, because they're building the studio. part of the reason I moved out Black here. Black Mountain Studio was one of them. They were um, about you. The thing that has happened now, yes, there's movies shot out here in Vegas every single year, usually most months of the year. The problem is they are bringing everybody in from L.A. and then only hiring a few local SAG and they they'll, were, they'll use they'll use locals for extra work. Yes, yes. Like Plenty left and right, background work is all over sure. the place. And but even speaking when, roles, they bring them out with them. And even when they're doing theater productions in Vegas, which isn't happening so much anymore. Not so much anymore. Uh, but when they, we had that big musical swing where we had Phantom of the Opera and Hairspray right. and all that, uh, they were doing all the auditions in L.A., New York. Yeah. And the small bit parts, they might hire some Vegas people. So, yeah. Right, a lot of the Vegas people doing those shows came out here for the shows, yeah. like uh, Captain Luddite, who came yes. out here for Lion King. Right, and Sarah, and, and, and he, Matt. And he made enough that he bought a house, yeah. and you know he did the whole fucking... And, and that's the union work. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and created a movie. Yeah, so he... Had. And you know, you get into... Was the, that a... So that was a... So Luddite's movie was, was SAG? Nope. Well, you know what? It so was, explain it was, that here, to me. Here we go. It, <laughs> was, it wasn't SAG uh, because he didn't have to be SAG because he didn't wasn't using SAG actors. I'm not SAG. I'm theatrical union, isn't, but I'm not isn't SAG. Isn't he in it? He is a director. Is he, doesn't he have a role in it at all? I thought he no. was had a bit part of no. something. No, he does not. Uh, but one of the actors that he did use, he was a SAG member, the guy that played opposite me in the movie. He got a waiver through the union, and he had to pay him up to union wages to be in this movie. So while he was in the movie, he had to pay him at union scale. So he got paid more better than any of us. Mm. So that's part of the being in the union is that you have that protection of pay and what you get from what projects. you Even on ones that you can get waivers for, you have protections. I'm in favor of unions. I just don't think it's working for you guys. Oh, it isn't. Well, they, yeah, a lot of people complain. It's it's a double-edged sword because if you're in the union and you're in a town that has union work, then you're you're actually you're doing all right. Right. And you know? technically, I'm in two unions because I'm also part of the Culinary and Bartenders Union here in Las Vegas, where it is strong, and it's one of the few cities that the food worker union does have power much in the same way that the Actors Union has power in New York yeah, and the, the, Los Angeles. The local branch of SAG out here is fairly non-existent. Right, but the Culinary Union is super powerful. Yes. So that if I could make an equation where the union is powerful, it, it's not powerful in Indianapolis, Indiana, Yeah. but it is powerful here in Las Vegas. I acted as a guy serving pizza. Do I get to join both? Uh, it depends if you're doing it for porn. Uh. Then yes, 
We insist. So be. you're good because you're full of meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a porn actor's guild. So, Matt, what do you think? Red light, green light. He said, <laughs> he said green. He said green like half said, an hour I ago. I said green light, just whatever. Yeah, yeah you just, but the, so it, 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 it won you over. Uh, I think our well, we, enthusiasm just, just, just to, yeah. just to made him go, all right, I'll cave. Yeah, this, this I don't, I don't, okay, what, what's going to happen in night vision is someone's going to like screw over and use this guy's actor, and he's going to be like, I had him first. That'll be the reality part. Or. This guy's gonna copy this guy's screenplay. They're gonna screen them both. The guild or the judge will be like, "What? Oh, did you see that? Didn't? Oh, the whole reality part." So I want to red light it, but whatever, green light, fuck it. <laughs> the way I see this working is it's going to, of course, have the judges, but I think it's also gonna have that America's Got Talent component yeah. where it throws to you, the viewer, what did you think? Vote on the internet for your favorite short. That. Uh body painting show what the hell was it there was a i don't remember the name of skin it. wars okay yes skin oh wars. yeah it had a fair amount of fakey stuff to it even even though uh, we know people that are in it uh um but they still created these beautiful masks these beautiful body paintings to look at so you know yeah there's that aspect to it i think they'll get some good stuff out of that's, it that's well yeah that's kind of what i was saying it's like regardless of all the crap that they do for the the reality part at the end of the day, you get to see these these little short films that may never get made otherwise. Horror vision. Horror vision. They, they should make it vampire-based and call it Reality Bites. Yeah, you, you. All right, we got time for one more. Oh, boy. One more. Red light, green light. The CW. Oh, fuck. Red light. I love when that happens. The CW is developing a horror series. The of Reality Bites? <laughs> the Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter, based on the novels by Theodora Goss. The story centers on two half-sisters, one of the daughters of Dr. Jekyll, the other of Mr. Hyde, who, Whoa. who team up to solve a series of gruesome murders linked to their late father's. Along the way, they team up with other daughters of famous literary characters to rise up against the antiquated norms of Victorian society. A.J. Merrick-Tell, who penned Hulu sci-fi drama The First, will be writing the adaptation with Glenn Geller producing alongside Gotham Group and CBS TV Studios. So, the strange case of the alchemist's daughter. Red light, green light. You green, know, green light in the hell you, out of that one. Yeah, you agree. You won me with that, like, yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like, two daughters thing. Yeah, definitely. Green yeah, light. That, that alone had me. And yeah. then when it's like, we're going to bring other daughters of things, and yeah, yep, I'm good. All right, that's one from Matt, one from Andy. And she, I bet you the one daughter's got a temper tantrum on her, right? Just, yeah, whatever. Go ahead, green light. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I was sad because you said half-sisters, and it was like, wouldn't it be great if it was literally one half of a sister? And, and, like, they had to work together, you know, like hold hands when they hop down the street to, you know, go solve mysteries. That's and some stuff. Rick and Morty shit right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, you know, I'll still green light it. All right. I like the whole Victorian thing, too, so green light. I'll oh. green light it, but I'm still trying to figure out how Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are still the same person at its core, yet... Yeah, They're half sisters. But the sperm changes when the other one does. Dude, monster dude, sperm. Dude, different moms. All right. 
God, don't be so grudging. Oh, almost <laughs> but the, certainly. But in the description, he said one daughter or one sister. His father is Doctor Jekyll, and the other father is Doc is Mister Hyde. But they Hi. also said half sisters, mm-hmm. which means two different women. Yeah. It also it's it's highly <laughs> unlikely that there's a woman out there who's attracted both the Jekyll and Hyde personalities. Well, no, 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 no. One got raped. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey. The, the one where uh, that went dark. The one, quick. the one is. Uh-huh. So since this whole segment's getting cut out, uh, that- anything else we want? <laughs> any other controversial? Come on, he transforms in into the freaking. Cra- oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Doctor Jekyll because he's you know we don't know what he's doing in this time. Yeah. No. All right, so a green light from yeah. uh, everybody. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, really? Except me. <laughs> this really? Is like what? the game you're talking about. Yeah, what? This is exactly the game you talked about at the beginning of the show. What game? Malfoy? 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 Malfoy. 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 <laughs> little spoiled bastard aristocratic it, wizard it, it fig kind of loses me at the team up to solve a series of gruesome murders that's where it kind of loses me oh, at this come point on. this penny dreadful oh come on Van Helsing sweeps in like alright let's go solve this murder <sighs> come for on. me I guess I have to see more scripts to, to, to fully get it on this one because what other literary daughters are bringing in that's what I want to know Based on just the, the everybody in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, yes, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, because right now to me it's supernatural, but we're swapping genders and we're using Jekyll and Hyde to make it go forward. It's supernatural is fine. But, you bring in uh, the Invisible Man's daughter. You bring in um, you bring in Frankenstein's daughter. Nemo's daughter. Nemo's daughter, sure. Uh, the uh, Time Machine guy's daughter and Mina Harker. Mina Harker. Mina mm-hmm. Harker's daughter, who's half Dracula. Hannah Harker. Hannah Harker. Yeah. Dracula Harker. Rachel Van Helsing. Half half Dracula. She's got one fang. Yeah. yeah. What's your fang? Write to us. Comments at UglyCatShow.com. And until next week, I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Greenlight K. Fact checked Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Mm, who wants to get in on some Malifaux? Yeah, yeah, I do. I kind of do, too. Yeah, It's really cool. It's expensive, isn't it? You know what? Compared to any other miniature game I've seen, no. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Warhammer, you can spend hundreds of dollars until you get your army right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, you buy the rule book, mm-hmm. which you can get in with other people if you want. Uh, they have... If you already know the rules, which you kind of can learn anyway from just watching YouTube videos, mm-hmm. so you don't really have to have the rule book for that. Because when you buy the models, each model comes with their own with the stats, mm-hmm. so you don't need the book for that. Uh, you can use a ra- it. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention with Malifaux, it doesn't use dice. It uses a set of poker cards, hmm. and it has one red jack and one one oh, sorry one red joker and one black joker, and you are flipping it over kind of like with war and you're adding that to the stats of your guys. And then you have what you call, you can cheat and have five cards that have been pulled out of your hand that you can use in place of other cards. So it has a neat kind of counting card counting aspect to it as far as how good your effects are going to go going forward and you reshuffle later on. So, when so it comes so down to it, a deck building element to it, not a deck building element. Cause it's a regular 
set of cards. Okay. As long as you have two jokers in there. Mm-hmm. So, you, of course, they create their own cards and their own suits, but in the rules it says how you can translate hearts or shovels or whatever the hell their suits are. So you don't have to buy the book. You don't have to buy the dice mechanism, the cards. Mm-hmm. So all you really have to buy is the miniatures. And that was a full set of, that's a full group right there in that box that I showed you earlier. You don't need any miniatures beyond that for your group. So one box of miniatures costs you about 40 bucks. Yeah, it's not that bad, actually. And so build them, paint them, you're ready to go. And there's also an app out there if you want to have the cards and stats of everything that exists. Uh, it costs ten bucks for the app, and that co- the app will also track all the things during the game. Like, did you buy your, that? Your wounded so yeah, I bought that. Yeah, ten bucks for, and that's going to go forward for third edition. So once you buy the app, you own everything going forward. Period. I like that the app on the phone instead of bringing the codex and looking and shit. So that's another cool thing about Malifaux is yeah. that cost wise is under everybody else so Malifaux alright I'm gonna look at him yeah. and plus goddamn, the coolest miniatures ever made yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god do they have uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde's daughters in it they probably do yeah. half sisters half do. sisters there's a one half no, and half. Then there's another yeah. half and, and they hold hands and walk down the street yeah it's like Lovecraft took a shit and out came a bunch of outcasts and Leather goddesses, and like like the crazy twin, shit. like the twin Cinnabite, like that guy. There, there's one group that like is from Hellraiser. All these oh. dream monsters, mm-hmm. and the kid who dreamed them is their leader. Neat. Yeah, just really cool, creepy stuff like that. Where's the shop? I'm gonna take a look at these suckers. Uh, Shops that carry it in Vegas, of course, War Room Games carries it. I know that Sunset uh, and Eastern, okay. Sunset and Eastern, Little Shop of Magic carries it. I'm not sure beyond little that. Shop, little Shop, Little Shop. I think Action has a few. I think I've seen. Wouldn't be surprised.